You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Red Wings finally have a home! Woo! Mike, today, we're gonna... Oh, man. We're gonna we're gonna make probably some people just as angry as they were about us. Ah, can you believe it, Mike? We suggested Verona should be on the first line. We're gonna make people angry again in this episode, I imagine, um, with some, some hot takes. Uh, I, I think uh, some of the more fiery conversations, Mike, that have been happening, uh, uh, I don't know, for the last... 10 years online uh, sometimes have to deal with uh, their favorite players, uh, a a person's favorite player being honored to how they feel they should be honored um, properly. Mm. And uh, it just gets everybody really butthurt. And, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're just not happy when their favorite player hasn't been honored in in a special way. So uh, we're going to honor that conversation by giving some hot takes on how we feel. Uh, does that sound like fun, everyone? I, I just, uh, yeah. Matt, were you saying booty? Wait, I screwed it up already. You said butthurt. <laughs> I was going to say a booty ouch, but we'll just continue with some booty ouches. <laughs> um, as far as Matt opinions that uh, might get some, some molars grinding in Detroit, I've decided that if I had a rookie of the year vote, I'm giving it to Zegris. Oh, well, there you go. This is a good way to start this. Sorry. Um, Is this based on uh, two highlights over the course of a whole season? Yes, it is. Uh, Do I feel bad admitting that? No, I do not. This league needs an anima more than any other league that is nationally broadcast for the United States. Oh, my God. Look at this move! Not only is it blindfolded, probably not actually blindfolded, but, my God, look at this. Matt, I... not a show. I I don't want the NHL to hire another former player ever again. The next name that they hire should be Kim Kardashian. Do you know why? They need to make this the most viral thing since Sneezing Panda, because that was the most amazing... Look at that. That was the most amazing shootout goal I've I've ever seen. And I've played video games, and I've watched fictionalized hockey in the Mighty Ducks. I've <laughs> never seen something so cool. Now, uh, for podcast listeners, what Mike's referring to is Trevor Zegers, and of course, his, his blindfolded goal... His blindfolded spinorama stop on a dime... Uh, he like, he inverts a stick in a way that I, he, I I just almost don't even want to describe it. It's it's just poetry in motion here. Apologies yeah. to Jeff Hardy. Uh, and he he's uh doing the average Joe's look here from uh, dodgeball. So there's also balls being thrown there's, at Trevor too. Yeah, there's uh, a bit of a ballerina like full on spin uh, yeah. where he keeps the control of the puck with seemingly one hand. Uh, it's it's gorgeous and. The point of giving him rookie of the year. Um, obviously, we have Cider. Obviously, we have Raymond. Um, you know, so we we kind of have a, a, a personal 
um, interest in who wins this award this year. But my God, if we want to start promoting this league, and I know that they have it on TNT now, I know they're back on ESPN, but if yeah. you want to actually get people talking, um, I think Zegris could easily be um, visually, player-wise, a guy to be a uh, focal point of this league, especially being so young, so skilled, so creative. Um, we we desperately, as, as NHL fans, I think it's important to uh, like award this guy with something, even if even if probably Cider deserves it a little bit more. Um, I I think it's vital uh, to the popularity of this league to to make Zegers go as viral as possible, um, and that's where I think Kim Kardashian come in, who turned. One, uh, you know, nice afternoon between two adults into a, uh, you know, major uh, business venture. Clothes, jewelry, perfume, uh, mobile games, uh, incredible businesswoman. Um, and all it took was one viral video. And I think she could do the same for Zegras. That's who I would hire at the top of the NHL. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me we shouldn't hire Kim Kardashian. Well, look. Here's here's the problem, Mike. Is that you're yes. you're telling me that this video exists, and or I'm sorry, just this play, and and that you should only focus on one guy, and and that's another problem the NHL has. So what you need to do is is recognize that he's good. I disagree. Right? The problem is that they they're they're doing this like WWE, right? And they the NHL still will talk about um, you know Ovechkin and Sid the Kid. And that's their, you know, Brock Lesnar. That's their Goldberg. They need young guys today. Um, no, and I, you know, I, we're already like, we already got clearly, music out. The there's music at the All Star Game. Entertainment that they should copy. No. <laughs> Man, the one the, that we refuse to watch anymore. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're not watching it. That's that's part of the problem. Is they keep going to the well, and I mean, musically, you can see that there's an interest for them to put Machine Gun Kelly. But I feel like. If you feel that kind of musical artist is is that relevant to be there for Vegas, um, I, I would also have a, a player that that you know new to the game, um, and kind of hitch a wagon to him and see where he can go. Um, so Matt, I'm pushing back. I don't. It's not that it's one player. It's that you have an incredible marketing opportunity and you need to just just ride that horse, you know, into the dirt. Go. Let's see where we can go with Zegris. Well, like, so this is where I was going with that, is is that you you can sell that and also not give him the Calder trophy and try and spread it so that you you're saying you're saying there's a whole new generation of players False. that you have to tune into. If you we focus on one guy, do... you're talking about turning this into like John Cena, and then you only have John Cena to sell. Then what happens? You no, got this, you got to do you got to do it generationally. If we just let this go, this is the new no. NHL. If you, no. I, we heard your point, Mike. We heard your point. You love Trevor, but no, there, there's multiple layers to this. There's levels. If you focus on one layer and level, you're really limiting yourself. When there's an opportunity to sell multiple stars here, and that's that's what I think. They've yeah, but nobody knows any of the, the stars. Past. Nobody knows any of these stars unless you're an NHL fan. So we got to get these the names out there. Solution isn't focusing on one guy. We got to create stars. I can't give you. I can't say we're going to create 45 different stars right now. I'm saying right now we have a, a shooting star flying across the sky, and I don't want you to also see. Well, there's also kind of a cool constellation over there, 
And if you're really into like Corsi stats, there's also a Corsi constellation. No, look at that shooting star right there. Everybody should be talking about that across every social media platform. Matt, there's I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be pragmatic and well we got every team's great and you know there's a lot of interesting players on every I'm team. Not that's talking that's about true. Every team You're already worried player. about it turning into John Cena and it's only one guy. That's not the entire story here, Matt. But this guy right now is a story. So I think if you want to start selling this new NHL. This is a spot where we can, yeah, obviously we want to follow Ovechkin's, you know, uh, historical rise through uh, most goals in NHL history. You know, of course, everybody likes hating uh, Crosby. And as far as your Cena comparison goes, I think he's the Cena. But, man, we need some new young stars. And we, we don't just want to see, you know, some defensive uh, mastery from a forward, a, a good two-way guy. Yes, that's interesting when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. But – to get some sizzle out there, to get the people talking about this league, man, Zegers, just give him the rookie of the year. This is this is like giving him like an early title shot. This is like giving him an intercontinental championship belt. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna come off this hill, man. That's fine. I just think you, you'd really be missing the mark here of just saying like there's only one guy to focus on right now. We're not Quiet. saying there's only one. That's your problem. That's you saying that. I'm saying right now he is the star, and you should start marketing him as such. Yeah, and I think I think they are. Um, I'm not even saying that making him Calder winner is is like the wrong move because I think he's doing enough right now, like from a media perspective, to make sure that gets done. Um, but I, I'm just saying there's there's multiple routes to doing this, and um, I think it could be a huge misstep is just to take take a couple of other huge names that are uh, playing pretty well right now in uh, Detroit and, and ignoring those. Now, to your point, focusing on a guy... I feel like you I, are making up my narrative, though. I'm not saying that you can't talk about other people, but I'm saying that right now, the attention span of somebody is incredibly difficult to keep hold of. There's, there's so many different things you could be focusing on at all times, um, including this show. If the NHL is going to get your attention in the, you know, present window here, we'll give them a couple weeks, right? This guy should be all over the map. Yeah, sorry. I'm, uh, I, I'm, we're getting suggestions for a retired number, so I'm putting together somebody's suggestion. Um, no, and I, I, again, like I said, it's it's not going to be the wrong move to, to make him uh, the Calder winner. Um it's, it's one of those things, maybe to your point, uh, that the attention span is short. So if he keeps doing stuff like this, cool. Uh, if somebody else does something like this, then maybe the argument would have to change. So there, there's definitely a, a, a major shift uh, in how content is consumed. I mean, today we're going to talk about retired numbers, and we're not the first podcast, we're not the first blog to talk about it, but... Uh, we just thought we'd get some attention right now. Why not? Because uh, we're going to steal some attention from uh, Mr. Sean McIndoe, who ranked uh, all of the NHL franchises and their ability to retire numbers. And is it uh, the correct way to do it? So we'll come to that in a second. But I, I would say, for argument's sake, like if if there was a more important reason to focus on, on Zegras is probably because he's on the West coast. And that has always been a failing of the NHL um, that they don't do enough 
focus on West Coast. And then like when you take a look at ratings and when those games pop up, ratings go down. So if you make a marquee guy out there and oh, what a huge, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, misstep it's been because you also have Connor McDavid out there, Leon Dreisaitl, and they still can't get people to watch them. So, uh, yeah, you're you're right. They they need to start focusing more on the player side. I, I think from my perspective, it was just um, there. There's there's multiple ways to do it, and I I, I think yeah, if you give Zegras the the Calder, that'll that'll put us in the right direction. You're still angry. I'm not angry. I just, I, I, this, this, you know, if you're going to like California, you know, it's, it's all about the, uh, you know, there's like, there's a Showtime Lakers. There was, uh, you know, the Clippers are finally a big deal because they were getting the, the stars. So it wasn't, you know, that anybody loved that team so much. It was that they, you know, acquired big name players. So I feel like if we could somehow start treating it like, Hey, there, there's some real players out here, uh, Zegras, especially right now. Um, that's kind of how you're going to have to get people's attention because it always feels like hockey's, you know, more of a team game than an individual, which you know is is fine. But I just, I, it's out. You're you're right. Like your argument is is correct. I, I I would just say that there's probably multiple ways to go about it. So I I, I I'm saying that you could still focus on the players and throw that Calder somewhere else. Um, Cause he's already got his cool thing, right? Like you, you just folk, you say, this is our gift man. And then when you're talking about, let's sell like the all around hockey player right now. Who, who's the guy that's playing great defense, great offense, skating well. And you could show, you know, you show cider every now and then. Uh, maybe you got to teach the masses, like what is good hockey and not just focus on, you know, a cute little play while there's no defense out there and he's wearing a blindfold. <laughs> it, it it just it that's the that's hockey's problem right there is that opinion though because I, I feel like it's always we got to educate you and it if it's something super impressive it should be something you can easily like digest in a second but isn't that like when he when he did the the pass over the net for the goal like that is amazing it's in game and he found a new way to score i i just you know like I, I think he did the right thing to market himself. If this was how he was going to win the Calder, he did take yeah, the, the best. I, next step, I don't know. But... I just I, I always feel like the NHL is always you know well war and peace. You know the great war epic of our time. You know I wouldn't necessarily you know pull a quote out of that book, but by God, what a war epic! And it's like yeah, I know, but I got to get like through you know twelve hundred pages. You know, but if it was something short and digestible, I. I I don't think that the marketing approach should be let's educate. Well, that's not. See, I'm already, I'm going to push back again because it's like that is a huge you don't aspect really, of marketing. You, you don't you need a hockey education on Fenwick stats to appreciate what that kid did at the All Star game. But that's the thing. It's like the NHL doesn't even care about Fenwick stats, so that's that's not even an accurate statement. Like the the NHL might even I know, do but well. You're, you're, to, you to just said that we analytics. could show a guy skating hard, and no. wow, what a what a highlight that was. They they could lean into the fact. Look at that, that, look at that have... hip turn on Cider as he makes this uh, wise defensive play. And I'm yeah. again not saying that it's not an important thing to winning a Stanley Cup, but we're talking about marketing this league. And hip pivots are are not going to make people watch 
uh, a regular season hockey game. I'm sorry. Yeah, but we don't even we don't even talk about hip pivots. Like you're you're trying to like. <laughs> I'm trying to exaggerate <laughs> trying to make to a point, man. That's how it works. It's boring, but you're you're taking it way far off when you have an opportunity to. to Look at the skate about... stride. Look at the skate stride by Cider. Only takes him uh, two to three uh, yeah. uh, drives on his left foot to really get going. So really upper echelon talent. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I see it. Okay, cool. But did you see the Zegras goal? Holy shit! That was amazing! You don't need anything for that. Well, you also don't want to, like, misrepresent your sport, right? Like, you don't want to tell the kids, like, oh, you're going to do it. Listen, listen, guys, this is not representative of hockey. It's not usually this fun, okay? Usually there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of ebb and flow, right? You're just getting in the other guy's head, you know, just trying to forecheck and, you know. If we all do the dump and drive and then get a good line change what out there. does the NHL do wrong? Everyone's <laughs> going to say marketing. We know that. I just, I think we could cool our jets and go, hey, that was a heck of an all-star game moment. We ha- we finally have an all-star game moment. Now we can start to tell people this kind of thing might happen next year. But I, I this isn't like the be all end all. You got to, you got to focus on like, when the game's happening, I I don't know. I I think educating your you know future fans is fine. Uh, I there's there's a lot of things I, I'm gonna disagree with Jan, but like yeah, performance art. What's up, my man? I, I skipped all of your hellos. You, you put in howdy uh, a little while hey, ago. Performance art. Uh, but yeah, the NHL needs a new marketing strategy. Uh, the current one sucks because you're not you're not bringing in performance art. Tell me I'm wrong about bringing in Kim Kardashian. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead wrong. <laughs> Whoa! What are you talking about? She's a media There's... mogul, man. Everything she does is super popular. That's... Everything she does. I think that they need to get away from bringing in like hockey players to run the league. I absolutely agree with That's you. That's what I said. But we don't need. No, you said Kim Kardashian. We we don't need Kim Kardashian. Well, I, I, you know, I'm getting away from hockey players, and then I'm getting maybe the most uh, popular person ever. If she does things, the internet breaks. I'm like, performance arts with you. He says, if you start to educate, you lose a massive portion of the population. It's sad, but true. Matt, so, you're getting like real like wrestling heat by saying, I'm going to teach you how to appreciate this. Boo! No. Boo! People I, don't. I, like, then you're not, I don't know. I, I think you're getting into this, we're getting into this idea of like, huh. So we're not talking about making fans. We're talking about getting viewers, right? Which is a, is, is a completely different thing. Is that, is that what we want to focus on? Because you can get, you, we could start to pivot to getting Super Bowl numbers because then it's not even about watching football. You're just getting a group of people to sit in a room and consume ads. If that's what we really care about as hockey fans, then yeah, let's start having that conversation. Let's dumb down. Whatever yeah, we we're sell ads regardless if you're trying to sell me Mo Sider's uh, hip like pivots said, versus hey, Zegras' yeah, goals. We, we want to sell ads. What right. I don't want but is if, you're, you're suggesting we, we should get an NHL Duolingo or an, an NHL Babble. Like, oh, we're going to teach you the language of hockey so you can finally understand why hip pivot's so important. Oh, you, boy, I can't wait to do homework. Yay. Let's focus on I can't tell you any time I've ever heard hip pivot ever. Besides today. <laughs> you know what? Some of us just study hockey a little bit more than others. So Great. I'm glad I could teach you hip pivots, man. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
I think performance art is kind of on my side, though. I don't know if he's That's ready to. Necess- he's hundred percent on your side. I don't know if he's ready to hire Kim Kardashian, but you know what? I'm ready. All right. That's fine. Something want- needs to change. I, uh, I'll i tell you guys that from a marketing perspective, educating your potential audience is never a bad thing. I think focusing on that being a negative is insane to me, you two. You guys are both crazy. Like that's That's been a key to marketing since things started to be sold. You've always needed to educate your audience. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> no, you're, I think the problem is it's not that you're educating them. You're teaching them what's important. So, like, education, when you say that, it sounds like when you get a Galaxy phone and it's, like, totally customizable and you're like, oh, uh, I think where, do I, where do I begin? But with problem. an iPhone, you just go, I want it to look like kitties. And then everything looks like kitties. So you don't need any education. You don't need any kind of, you don't even need to open the manual. You just say kitties, and then your phone turns into kitties. That's what I'm talking about, Matt. I gotcha. But like, what do you, what do you mean with like any other sport? You just say like, all of a sudden people are going to start tuning in to like, you don't just start tuning into football. Like you, you have been educated to some extent, either that, or you're, you're not really a fan of football. You're just somebody who's around viewing it. I think that that's that's a key aspect to this conversation. I think that I wouldn't use the word educate because it it sounds condescending. God, I don't. Is it really? <laughs> hey, do you want to watch hockey? What's that? Let me let, let, let me, me give tell you some you. homework. Yeah. Why does it have to be homework? <laughs> You're so insane. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, God damn it. What else did we have? Uh, Dylan Larkin wore these. Who cares? We're going to play the Flyers. Um, Can you go back real sec? Yeah. One, one sec. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you we're talking about a... Dylan Larkin and his, and his sunglasses. It actually was pretty cool. I uh, think I might have it queued up somewhere. But, yeah, Mike, give, what are your thoughts here? Finally, hockey's cool. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> um, is this a downloadable patch for the NHL video game? Can you give all your players sunglasses? Uh, I want to now. <laughs> I'm just saying when I turn on when I crank up the NBA video game, uh, it's the year of the tiger. Um, is it the Chinese New Year? Um, so all your players now can have big uh, old tigers strapped draped around them. Well, it's the lunar. New Year. Um, there you go. Thank you. So the the story behind this is uh, Larkin actually stole the New Jersey Devils um, sunglasses, and oh boy! And uh, it, this is just him cruising around. I, I thought this was pretty neat. Uh, number one, because he stole it from the New Jersey Devils, but uh, you get to see what it looks like to carry the puck as as Dylan Larkin. Mike, <clears throat> I want to talk about marketing. Would you would you go for like an option? to see this while like, like you could click a button and say, all right, I'm done watching the, the regular broadcast. I want to see Dylan Larkin carry the puck for a second. Oh, hell yeah. I would. Thank so you. That's awesome. Right. See, there's something we can agree on. <laughs> Did you ever, uh, I'm just going to do one quick aside um, yeah. among many today. Um, 
David Cross did this joke where he uh, was at a, a adult like product store and he bought a uh, one of those um, like the GIMP masks from uh, like Pulp Fiction, you yeah. know, like a S and M scene. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna have this hilarious idea. I'm gonna get on an airplane and uh, I'm gonna put that on and uh, just wear it like most of the flight. And then when the stewardess comes up to me and she's like, uh, Sir, can you take that off? And he goes, Do you mind? It's my sleep mask. Um, but the problem was, uh, he went through the whole flight and nobody said a peep to him. So he was just the asshole who wore the mask <laughs> for a full four hour flight. And I just felt bad watching that clip because only one person smiled at Larkin and everybody else just kept going about their business. <laughs> nobody cared. Nobody Poor cared. Uh -oh. Yeah. Well, the devils did and they tweeted about it. So at least he got some coverage there. Oh, good. Um, <clears throat> All right, where are we? Uh, next thing, Red Wings uh, have coming up this week, two straight games against Philly. And when we always talk about a 500 team's going to 500, Mike, we got a stink ball of a franchise <laughs> two games in a row. Well, I think we're a game under 500 when it comes to points percentage. So uh, we've, got a, we've got an opportunity here, Mike, to take two games in a row against a real bag of crap and uh, get back over 500. <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere there's a Philly Flyers rant where they're like, we got two games of, against a big old bag of crap, and we're going to even our record out a little bit. Um, man, I will say that for both franchises, uh, we're both going to be just a little bittersweet, a little disappointed, a little excited, because that's what 500 teams do. They tease you, and then they just, you know, leave you, leave you hanging. So we'll probably win one of those two games, is my prediction. Now, uh, performance art wants to know if we think Giroux's going anywhere. Um, I, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, uh, what's? <sighs> pull up. This is all I've ever heard is is that he is on the move. Um... <sighs> so yeah, I mean, this will be a UFA going into uh, the off season. Um... I don't know. It's it's tough to say too because you're you're talking about uh, you know which one of these teams that has a major injury or are they going to be the ones making the play? Um, I I don't know. It make it makes sense. It's just probably up to Philly at this point, and um, he's got a no move clause, so he's got uh, all the cards in his hand, so he'll be able to pick which team he wants to go to. But it makes sense for Claude. It makes sense for Philly. They only have um, when you take a look at their next three years of draft picks. Um, they're short second round picks for the next two years. So they've, they're, they're a turd ball. Um, and they've only got six picks going into next season and six picks into 2023. So they're going to need to start collecting stuff. Um, they have a few different options uh, to move some guys. So they're, there's going to, they're going to be, they're going to be bringing in some picks uh, coming up this year. But um, you know, I think, I think it just comes down to, does Claude want to move? Uh, is, it, is it one of those things where he wants to just finish out in Philly? Is he have that close of a connection? Um, so yeah, all those things are going to come into play. I could tell you, he ain't coming here. <laughs> Not with a no move clause. So uh, yeah, there, there's, there's that for you. Um, but oh, definitely, yeah. should he? Absolutely. It makes sense for Claude. It makes sense for Philly. Why waste another year? doing nothing and why should philly not increase how many picks they've got going out um yeah i mean um <clears throat> there's you know uh 
not even a, a like a slim to none, like a none to none chance of us trading for him. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, I mean, it'd be great for for Philly. You know, they they would say yes to a trade. We would have to probably say no. Um, but man, in the off season, after if you get like a hot draft and you talk him into coming here, is there is there any window? Because as far as like sexy cap hits go uh we we have tons of room um i mean we we could afford a 35 year old you know uh guy who can we'll probably we'd ask him to play center um because that's where we you know have the most issues on this team and in our sure minor league system that. yeah um I, yeah i mean if this if he was just going to do like a, a one or two year deal uh, we could afford to do that while we wait for some more prospects to kind of churn their way through the system and, um, you know, be competent, um, up at the show. Um, but yes, if, if he ends up getting traded somewhere, I I haven't crunched the numbers yet. I just know that he's not, he's probably not going to Tampa Bay. Cause I think this year, I think they're out of, uh, you, salary cap at, miracles. I think they're out of them. Philly, you're asking Philly to hold on to a big chunk. Uh, they're probably doing one of those 50 percenters or, you move Claude through a Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings get paid uh, to take on um, some of that cash. And then by the time he hits Tampa, <laughs> he's next to nothing. So there's always those moves, which I think are crazy. And soon they'll be outlawed. But right now the Red Wings can take advantage of it. So maybe he'll be a Red Wing for a half a second before we trade him away again and eat some of that salary cap. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't even know if we have that ability because I know... Who did we help uh, move? I, I can't remember who the player was that we were helping move through our system. But we're oh, the up. defenseman for uh, and he ended up in Tampa. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean Claude Giroux right now. Uh, if we go back to Jay Fresh's numbers, he's a ninety-four percent. Um, even even at what he's thirty-four right now. Yeah, I I, I don't know if that really hurts to put him in your lineup in, in any way. And I don't mean now um, for the wingdings, but yeah, coming up in the UFA season, maybe that's, um, maybe that's an option, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say I'd just leave it at that. Uh, I, I haven't done too much digging in Claude Giroux. We know that he's been a staple in the NHL for quite a while and his numbers still suggest he's not going anywhere. So um yeah, I, that's that's the extent. Without me looking at Giroux for it was, a, was it half Savard? a second before right now, that's where <laughs> that's the extent of my thoughts, huh? David Savard. That's the guy we retained. We retained salary, no. and we got a draft pick, and then we sent him back to Tampa. That does nothing for my brain. <laughs> oh yeah, he's uh, one of Tampa's still... acquisitions at the deadline. Um, that didn't ring a bell. Columbus got a like a couple picks. We got yeah. a fourth round pick and we ate some salary. And then Tampa got Savard and uh, Lashoff. Well, there we go. Um, all right. Where are we going next, Mike? Do you want to start doing topic of the show? Yeah. I mean, I had a blast uh, making you upset about Kim Kardashian, but we can uh, definitely do our, our big topic. Do <laughs> you want to get back into that? Performance no, Art had, had one more thought where he uh, he did come back and say, of course, education comes into it, but you got to get him hooked with entertainment. And I, I just I, I still I think that's a deeper conversation on the rules of the game and letting up there before we say that, you know, Zegris is the key to selling entertainment. 
I don't know. I've thought about it a lot. Okay. I've, I've done full class projects on how to fix the NHL. So the last thing I want to do is say that that gift saves the NHL. So I, I'm probably hold, I'm gatekeeping the idea of how to change marketing in the NHL. And I won't allow you to fix it with one GIF, okay? So so get out of here. I don't know what your degree costs, but that GIF took me five seconds. All right. Of both on. my time and my nope. money. No. Nope. That's how much it costs. Nope. No, you're done. You're done, mister. I, I'm gatekeeping this conversation. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee or text in Tennessee redline 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 Mike, here's our list. <laughs> What's funny is you can't get a goddamn picture out of Little Caesars Arena with everybody in there. Uh, for everybody watching on YouTube, pretty much what I'm just uh, highlighting here is everybody we have uh, retired at this point. Kelly, Lidstrom, Eiserman, Abel, Sawchuk, Delvecchio, Lindsay, and some guy named Gordy Howe. Um, so what we wanted to play today, and it's actually based off of... Uh, a, a, an article that came out from Down Goes Brown or Sean McIndoo, however you guys know him best. Why don't we pull that up so everybody can see on YouTube. He went through and ranked every franchise. How do their retired numbers stack up? But he wasn't just hmm. saying, if you take all your retired players and put them on the ice, are they going to win a hockey game? He actually went a little in-depth. And so out of 32, Mike, have you seen this? Have you, have you seen this? Have you, have you seen this? Do you know? Do you want to are take you, a stab at where we're you doing your Jay Leno right now? That was my Jay Leno. Do okay. you want to take a stab at where we're ranked in Sean McIndoo's 32 retired team bloody blahs? I'm going to say we're above the Kraken and probably Las Vegas. Matt, give me number seven. Number seven. Yeah. Mike, we are number 26. Oh, no. John McIndoo, down goes Brown. I <clears throat> um, have to add a two in front of my guess. 
Are we above uh, the Kraken and Las Vegas? Uh, let's see. We're better than the St. Louis Blues, the Washington Capitals, the Minnesota Wild, the Calgary Flames, the Florida Panthers, oh, and no. like number 32, the Seattle Kraken. We're worse than Vegas? Oh, no. What a bummer. All right, Matt. Let's uh let's see this uh explanation here. Bring it up for and, us. And uh you know like this. Let me just throw this out there. Seattle Kraken are number thirty two because uh, Sean McIndoo is upset that Seattle retired the number thirty two. So his argument is like that should have never happened. So it's not just because they don't have anybody retired. It's because of they they do have a number retired and it was a very weird choice. Okay. So we'll go through this. We'll hit. Well, maybe I'll just have to read this from top to bottom. But uh, will you do one Sean, favor for me? Yeah. Before you do the Red Wings one, can you just mm -hmm. show me who number one is so we have some context? Yeah. Do you want? Yeah. Let's roll through this. Twenty-five Arizona Rangers, Blue Jackets. We're counting down. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Winnipeg Jets, Vegas is number twenty, Mike. So we didn't beat <sighs> Vegas. Whoa! What? They retired number fifty-eight for. Oh my gosh! For the victims well, of that yeah, stupid that sniper shooting. Jesus. Yeah, that's different than the, you know, Seattle. Yeah, you can't really object I think there. Vegas that's... makes sense. That's that yeah, like that's changed the whole franchise and it was something that, you know, pushed them into the um uh that long run into the playoffs too. You could make the argument. Um Ottawa, Vancouver number 18, uh the Flyers 17, Blackhawks 16, Avalanche Penguins at number 14, Sabres, Devils, Oilers, Leafs Sharks, uh, New York Islanders, number eight. I don't know why I threw in. Uh, I, sometimes, I'm just randomly deciding to read full names and numbers here. Uh, Tampa Bay, number seven. Uh, Dallas, six. Bruins, number five. Uh, number four, Nashville Predators. Number three, Montreal Canadiens. Number two, Anaheim Ducks. And number one, the Los Angeles Kings. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess the argument, just before we go into the Red Wings, it just says, for the Kings, six names, all of them uh, worthy, uh, five Hall of Famers, um, then a guy who played for the team for 17 years, and you got Rob Blake, Marcel Dion, uh, Dave Taylor, Luke Robitaille, is it Roji Vachon? And then 99, of course, for Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and and he says here, you know, like, there's nobody that should be on this list, which is Like, where there's the no omissions. Kings, yeah, the Kings yeah. rank number one, and that's kind of... What you see here, uh, moving back up the list, um, it is worth noting, too, that his favorite team, McIndoo, and it's well-known in, in his circles, is the Maple Leafs, so at least they're not number one. So we know he's not completely, you know, um, I don't know. What do you want to say there? He's not no, but, just making this up to make his Yeah, it's not just better. a homer call, giving them number one or two or something. Uh, I, I would say, arguably, running through this, too, we probably have the largest explanation and I think uh, it deserves it too, because there's a lot going. There's a lot of plates being juggled. Uh, but Matt, take it away here. Yeah, uh, he he starts off by recognizing it. Right, this is probably a lot lower than you expected. Uh, the Wings are one of the teams that only retires the numbers of players who are in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he goes on to say that's dumb. <laughs> we already have an honor for players who've been inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's called being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mike, if you have not read or have subscribed to, you know, all of Down Goes Brown's articles, I highly recommend it because he is very, very good at writing. Uh, you're allowed to use your retired numbers to widen the scope a bit when it comes to recognizing a guy uh, who's been important to your franchise. For example, I don't think Chris Osgood is Hockey Hall of Fame worthy. 
But should he have his number retired in Detroit, where he won three Stanley Cups? Sean says, of course. So should Vladdy Konstantinov, whose number is listed as honored, but not retired. Very good one there, too. Uh, you've got Larry Ari, whose number six was the first to be retired in franchise history, then was unretired, then was re-retired, and then for some reason was unretired again, yet still remains out of circulation. Kind of a mess. And then he says, finishes this off, don't even get me started on Sir Fedra. All right. Uh, Mike, I just realized I omitted... Um, one of the names that I did want to talk about from our slideshow. So do, what's, what are your initial thoughts on all of this? And everybody you can throw in the chat, uh, you know, who, who you want to see get retired, who, who should be next in the rafters. But um, you guys are listening to this after the live recording. Uh, just keep throwing it in there and we can actually uh, put a poll together and come back to that on the next episode. But Mike, um, where's yeah. your head at? I, um, I'm definitely going to be subscribing now uh, to that writer. Uh, what was what was his first John, name? John McIndoo. I also can find him on Twitter as Down Goes Brown. All right. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's right in that there's a lot of weird, like Detroit connection. Uh, feels like no brainers of people who should be up there. Um, I mean, we're we're going to give a few minutes to the Federoff talk, but you're know, like that's good. I mean, the guy's like a Detroit Red Wing legend, right? I mean, like, he's uh, he's always hotly debated, you know, was he even any good? And it's like, well, I mean, he he was the Stanley Cup goaltender. You know, he, he did win it three times. Um, I think what you would say to be devil's ad advocate, to be on the Red Wing side, I, I don't think that it should matter if you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, but they're such a storied franchise with so many like excellent players you know living living legends i think that they tried to say well we gotta we gotta draw the line somewhere because otherwise um, a lot of these guys are gonna have, start having to have uh triple digit jersey numbers because we're going to be retiring so many people um but with that said I, there's there's like no excuse for you know like the datsuks and the zetterbergs um, Osgoods, the Konstantinovs, those are all names that, that should be up there that are not. So if this, if this compiled list is all about, you know, you have a, a crappier rank because you are omitting people who should be up there, or, uh, maybe the people in there are not quite deserving. Um, and he name drops somebody that, uh, unless you're like a super duper hardcore Red Wing fan, you probably don't know too much about. Um, I think the, the omissions do drop the Red Wings rank because uh, I, I think you could easily make the case uh, for three or four pretty, pretty big names. Um, Datsuk, Zetterberg, Ozzy, and probably Fedorov. Yeah, probably. Um, there, I mean, <clears throat> to extend this conversation, I mean, um, I, I will do this, Mike. I, I have these guys ranked on, on who I think... Um, I think the folks, like the easiest of the conversations, that's how I have this ranked. Okay. Um, so I, I guess where to start here and I'm going to, oh, you know what? I, I got to reorder these for one more second before we go live with this conversation. 
That doesn't mean that it is without question when we pull these guys up. I'm just guessing that the the conversation or the argument would be easier to go between uh, once we like finally start. Now, I did put in the notes here, Mike, I, I had a couple of questions. Like, um, down goes Brown, Sean McIndoe brings up, um, you know, how do you how do you define names that should be retired? So I thought we could jump into that just for a second and kind of put a stamp on it. And I will say to start this conversation, Mike, when I was younger, believe it or not younger, I had an argument at one of our Christmases that Sergei Fedorov's number <clears throat> should never be retired. And I was very adamant. I, when I was a, a kid, I was like, no, he hurt us. That, that name does not belong in the Joe Louis raft. And keep in mind, this is like 12 year old man. Uh, same. How voice, wrong you actually. were, man. How wrong same, you were. Same voice. Uh, same depth. It hasn't changed in Iowa. Deepness. That no. name should never. <laughs> Everybody just tossed their headphones to the side of the road. Um, and, and I bring this up to kind of give like. How how do how should this be defined? Because at the time I was I was thinking more along the lines of the Red Wings, and like you mentioned, like do we want to just have every name up there? Uh, because what are we gonna do after that? Like do we what are you extend gonna do? It be all the, the way to the drapes? What are you gonna do? Be the Pistons uh, right. who are on their way to retiring every single person every who played player. for the old four championship team? <laughs> Lindsey Hunter's his jersey's going up there any year now. I can feel it. Um. So I, I gotta I gotta say, um, I gotta say back then my my idea of like what your numbers were were what, you had to be Iserman, you had to be Lidstrom, you had to be there forever, and then you start doing research and realize how many of these guys were not Red Wings forever that were, already had their numbers retired and left and went and did something else. Um, I mean. <laughs> I it is kind of funny, like once you start to look at this stuff and you see like Sawchuck and we, you know, what was it two years ago? We 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 were doing a full episode based on that uh, movie, and you see that he was moved by the Red Wings decision, maybe a bad one at the time, kind of ruined him as a person, and now his numbers retired. Maybe it's like a oh whoops. Um, we caused you quite a bit of pain, uh, when we wouldn't just let you be the starting goaltender and, um, we, we like dragged you along. So now your numbers retired. And by, <clears throat> I bring that up because how fair is it to hold like that sort of card to play when you have been? a POS franchise at certain times, and then you can just go, whoops, hey, whoopsies, we'll put you in the Raptors. So to that end, when I started to learn more about this franchise, and it wasn't just the Sawchuck stuff, but learning learning a little bit more about like how this franchise operates, and it's not necessarily just now, but I mean, there, there's been some pretty crappy decisions even recently that we've seen, um, and we don't need to get into it. Um, you know, I mean, we could look at what's been going on downtown and how maybe the city of Detroit wasn't so ready for, to be revitalized uh, and to pay for it. But here, here we are. And again, we're not going to get into that. I'm just throwing that out there as an example. And I don't care where you sit or stand. But to that 
again, to that end, why should I look at the Red Wings rafters and say, you know what? If the Red Wings don't want to put anybody up there, good for them. Because sometimes, can I say it, Mike? Can I say it? Because it's not, it's not about the guys wearing the jersey. It's not about the players. It's not about the coaches. It's not about Stevie as a GM. But when you take that next step up, there's been some decisions where they've said F you to you. So maybe once in a while, we're allowed to say F you to them. There we go. All right. So to that end, defining who should be in the rafters um, should be up to the fans. I think where I used to say, uh, and to my to our shared father, I almost said to my dad, <laughs> Mike, to our father, yeah. Art and Dearborn. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say if there was ever a question on whether or not somebody should be in the Hall of Fame, they shouldn't be in it. It should be for sure for everyone. When you look at Steve Eisman, you said, Hall of Famer, put him in. And... At this point, I've decided that to a degree, because the last thing I want is to see Darren McCarty's number up there. But if you can make a full Stanley Cup winner, <laughs> right? If you can make a solid argument and make it about a player's dominance, and the most of the fans are on board, I say you put I, I say you put them up there. That's how I'm defining it. And now, Mike, while you are uh, thinking about what I just said, I'm going to kind of look at some of our comments here because we've got a lot. And we've got oh, to start boy, sharing. they're coming in hot, huh? Um, all right. Silver 3344. Fedorov can his number retired when he comes back as a coach. Woohoo! Woo! There's a hot take. Can I, uh, can I, can I request one thing? Maybe not necessarily head coach, but maybe the power play? Woo! Uh, Derek Hand, 91. Uh, Sam putting out there an unexpected BOD for the win. Uh, all right. Does that mean you expected us to get this incorrect? Is how I'm reading that. Mike, usually you can put me on the right path. Is that what Sam's saying here? I think he has typed, yes, unexpected. He unexpectedly <laughs> typed yes, and then BOD for the win. So I think there's just a couple ideas going on in that statement. There. Uh, Silver puts out there, the teenager in me is still wounded by him leaving us. Uh, I was at the game and I booed. Um, and I, I agree too. Like that's kind of where I think my thought process was. Uh, Sam throws out there, still stings a bit. Uh, Tristan uh, Fowler, uh, didn't he just want a little more cash? Would have been cool to see him yep. on the 08 team. Uh, to Tristan's point, yeah. The man was trying to get paid both times that he was, you know, held out on us and then left. Guys trying to get paid. I, what did we learn from the Joker, Mike? You do something good, you should get paid for it. I, I, that's that's something to actually live by. I think uh, if there's one lesson out of the Batman movies, you should actually. I mean, live this by. was a this was a long time ago. My God, was it uh, like twentyish years ago um, mm -hmm. before you know the player empowerment era? Uh, where you can kind of force your way out of town if you're grumpy enough. But you know what? Why should you have to suffer through, like, crappy ownership or, like, a coach who's a jerk? Or maybe you don't like the vibe of your teammates? I'm not saying that you should 
you know, every single time, you know, oh, I want to get immediately traded to the team I play for. I don't care what happens. But, I mean, if you sign a contract, you're kind of agreeing to play. But I, you should have some control of your life. And you shouldn't be, <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, lambasted because you, you dared to speak up for yourself and say, this town sucks. You know, I want to go play for the Red Wings. Um, so, it, it. Yeah, I you know I'm glad that we've evolved to that point where we kind of understand that these are human beings. Um, let's let lest we forget that they we literally use the word draft. So I mean you're you're not given any choice. So you you just uproot your life and you go play for this other city. Um, <laughs> so I mean obviously a lot of context, right? They get paid tons of money, but I just right. I I like that we have this awareness now. Um, and kind of going back in time. In a player empowerment era, you know, you look at the Red Wings like, really, we're going to cheapskate this guy who, yeah, he did have one season where he kind of had some boo-boos, but we're not going to pay Fedorov, really? Um, I, I, I think what I want to do is the point of yours that I like the most uh, that I want to like probably harp on is that the people in the rafters, it should be about the fans. So, like, fan interest for a guy. Because, um, obviously, they're the ones who even give a shit. It's not like the owners really are like, you know, good thing we got, you know, player X up there because, man, he really shaved our bacon. It was like, no, it was the fans who you tricked into buying tickets to go to the game and buying jerseys <laughs> and, you know, matching hats and all that stuff. They they kept the stadium open. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... I'm going to go back. It's another wrestling analogy, right? Where we don't really know who should be in a wrestling hall of fame because all the outcomes are predetermined, but that almost kind of makes the strongest case for it. Cause we don't really care, you know, like what Owen Hart's win loss record was. Right? right. Um, but we do love the guy and he was a, you know, beloved, wrestler uh you know for for fans for you know the wrestlers in the locker room so obviously put him in the hall of fame because he's he was a great human being his family's doing great stuff in his name um i think in that same vein you could sell the narrative that i mean that's good i i know we kind of loved him and we love to hate him and we hated to love him but man he was here for some really successful times and he definitely had some games that you know saved our bacon a few times so if the fan interest is there to, to kind of throw his name up there, I, I think you can. I think this, for our show, for the Red Wings rant, man, I think the scariest thing is to, to if you start accepting more fan input, <laughs> you would almost certainly be getting McCarty's <laughs> jersey in the Raptors. <laughs> and you know what? That it's It's the fans game. They're the ones who care about this team and, you know, go to work and then use their hard-earned money to pay Xfinity so they can watch 82 regular season games or, you know, use their checks to drive out to the Little Caesars Arena and pay for parking and pay for a $12 hot dog and a $24 beer and watch the team be kind of 500-ish and eh, kind of okay. If those guys determine, you know what, McCarty helped build this town in 97 and 98 and, you know, his his – his motherfucking fists help put this team at the top of the league, <laughs> then what's to say he shouldn't be in the rafters? Because it should be more about what the fans are willing to, like, 
Yeah, like you're you're putting a moment in history up in the rafters. That's what you that's what that name means. It's that moment in history. And I think it's I know for our show we take it tongue in cheek because we had some adventures with the man, but I don't it's not like it's opening the floodgates. It's that you're you're trying to grab that moment in time and you can look up and like be back in that moment when, when things were riding high for the franchise and it wasn't just a pretty good regular season or, you know, we had a, we won a couple series in the playoffs. Those were Stanley cup winning teams. So, you know, maybe I'm, I'm making the case for Fedorov and you're, you're indirectly also making it for McCarty. Um, (laughs) Damn it. So I don't want to do that, but I'm, I'm saying the fan experience should be definitely (laughs) taken into account heavily heavily weighted in who's up there because they're the ones who even go to the stadium to look up and appreciate it. And you, you put it more eloquently. I think that's what I was trying to come to where I said, you know, like sometimes the franchise says F you to you. So maybe you're allowed to say it to them, but really it's more just about like, we're the ones that are paying for this stuff to actually happen. So it should be more our decision than theirs. And it's not, it's sort of treated just as like a marketing ploy to get a sold out night and what have you. Um, where were we? Um, Sam throws out there. We got. I got to answer this. I meant I was happy to see live BOD. Oh, hey, yeah. thanks, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to see you, man. Uh, Derek thrown out there. How many people thought ninety one was going up when they announced Red Kelly? Um, I think that's when all this this really heated up too. Uh, Curtis thrown out there. Fedorov and Datsuk, easy. Yeah. Uh, if you put up nine hundred points for a franchise, you better get your number <laughs> retired. <laughs> I know it's like management is like you know is there an objective number uh Curtis Godfrey yeah how about 900 (laughs) and we're all on board with that I like that a lot uh well that leaves Chris Osgood out no I'm I'm kidding (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding all right um Sam comes back yep retire both 91 and 13 Tristan for show um and Derek throws out there is Pav shunned for leaving a year early. Is that sort of the same conversation as Sergey Fedorov uh you know taking half a year off and um leaving I, for another uh, franchise? I, I would say it fits in the same bubble of conversation where I go, you know what? He was picking to go be with his family, and the Red Wings had him sign a contract where this was a, a possibility that it would hurt us. So listen, Pavel, 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 my man, listen, <laughs> it's either the hall of fame, your family. All right. We're putting it on <laughs> no, the table. Number in the number in the rafters. Or the, yeah. You're yeah. going up in the rafters. You get one or the other. Pavel, the magic cat, man just wraps some dust and said, I'm out of here. <laughs> he, poof, he, the magic man poofed right out of the room. Man, um, I want to get on, uh, yeah, we love Kurt. Yeah, Curtis, absolutely. Curtis dropping your dad's my favorite player. The Nazi's name in the Raptors. It isn't. It isn't right. It is dumb. Um, well, but I was going to throw in a caveat to what Curtis yeah. said with nine hundred points. All right, Curtis. Uh, you know that means Osgood isn't it? Cur- Curtis, any ideas for what we do with goalies? Uh, Curtis um, takes oh, yeah. the floor Curtis, and he says, "Your, your decision." He says. Uh, <laughs> How about any goalie who's got at least one goal and at least ten assists? Well, I think go. we're all unanimous. All right. Nope. Like puts Osgood in. He's got a goal and 15 assists. There you go. Sam, thrown in there, Mike. That hat trick 
Mm. Darren McCarty. Mm. Oh, I thought we were talking about a Detsuke hat trick. No, no, no. <laughs> when you get a goal, assist, and a Detsuke and Deke. Um. Okay, so here, here's what we've got uh, coming up. Each one of these players, Mike. Now that we've we've exhausted this conversation, we're actually at an hour now. I thought we would. This would be a half hour episode. Uh, maybe we can run through now these with the a Hall of Fame. Quicker. Now, I mean, out the now with the jerseys and the Raptors, Matt. This is the most hotly debated. You know. So yeah. let's uh, let's do because I think there's one name that hasn't <laughs> been mentioned yet. I have in this list. And I might have to do a bit of a sell job on it. Um, sell us on Franz Nielsen, man. Do it. All right. Here's the thing, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, like I said, I ordered these in what I thought would be the easiest conversation, and I think this is this is honestly the easiest one. Vladi Konstantinov. What? Do you, where's your head at, Mike? Because this is somebody who, I mean. <sighs> We know how it happened, so I'm not going to say, like, he gave his life or his playing years. Like, he gave his playing years to the Red Wings. That's that's mm-hmm. true. But, you know, it was it was, it was an accident out, out of his hands. A horrible. Uh, uh, yeah, we know that part. What do you yeah. Yeah, get to the hockey part? So, all right. So, it, I mean, we know what happened there. Uh, 175 mm-hmm. points, 446 games for people that are on uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, Mike, all-rookie team, 91-92. Um, Oh, you know what's funny too, Mike? Uh, not a lot of people uh, remember this. Uh, 1989 NHL draft. Drafted in the 11th round, same year as Sergey and Nick. 95-96, um, oh. he finishes fourth in Norris voting. 20th in Hart voting. And an all-star. Uh, and then uh, in 96-97, Mike's second in Norris voting. Yeah, I mean, um, this is, uh, he, he didn't have, you know, like, like wow, explosive statistics. He had some really excellent years, um, but this is another narrative um, rafter choice where I don't, I don't think a single person, I would be stunned to find a single person who said, not on my watch. <laughs> he didn't hit that 900 point uh, threshold and. I don't see him lacing up at goaltender, so no, I'm not counting his goals. Um, but yeah, this is a narrative one. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, um, I mean, this is this is the type of guy too. Like, if if the tragedy does not happen, where you have a, a drunk limo driver ruining mm-hmm. his life, um, I mean, to talk about you had two Norris winners that would have just been going back to back competing for trophies. Probably, you know, if, if his career doesn't get uh, literally driven off the rails um nick probably <laughs> isn't as touted with with all of he's not walking around with all of his norris trophies because vladdy would have taken some away it's it's that it was that type of career that we lost um so yeah i mean you know, and to the you know what's vladdy, uh go ahead yeah, i want to throw this to our people too because um because you you just pulled up his statistics obviously and it just has his um like dimensions and it says he's 5'11 and 190. Does that, is it just me or do you, are you guys surprised too? For some reason, the way he played, the way he was so violent, I always just in my head, you know, it was 1997. So I was like, what, nine years old? I just always like, wow, Konstantinov, what? Is he like six foot six, 300 pounds? And it's just because he was such a punishing defenseman. I, I'm stunned to see he's 5'11, buck 90. 
So I'm, I'm just curious if I'm the only one oh, with that thought. I, I mean, yeah, like the five eleven one is is kind of like what. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he was the Vladinator, so it, it just seemed like he was running around as a as a move a movable brick wall. <laughs> uh, Sam threw out there. I, I assume sixteen was up there. And it does go back to Sean McIndoe's article where he did recognize that it is honored. It's just not retired. Uh, Curtis throws out there, Konstantinov, no. But handing him the cup and keeping him close to our family is amazing. I will say, part of the reason you should retire Sergei Fedorov's numbers is attached to this. So we'll, so we'll talk Sergei. We'll, we'll kind of blend these together. These two guys changed hockey. Vladdy and Sergey. Mike, they had to sneak them into America. These two guys made the choice to leave Russia for the Red Wings. And, uh, you know, to go back to the point of, of Vladdy's career getting ended early, did, if you if you could ask him now, what would he pick? I mean, I, I'm not going to answer for him right now, but I mean, like, this this really changed his life. Forever. clearly it would have changed his life anyway but think about like the the decision if that didn't happen that he chose to leave russia to come over here and he had no idea what the future was going to look like of course now sergey's coaching over in russia but they they didn't know that they took a risk for this team for the city i to me like that is huge on its own like that's a major story that's a major movement in the franchise and do you Go as far as you do with all the Stanley Cups and get to get to tell everyone that, yeah, we're really good at scouting uh, because we drafted Sergei Fedorov, who was rated at higher than Wayne Gretzky at the time. <laughs> we're so good at scouting. But, you know, really, honestly, the Red Wings were just the team that took the risk to go over there and grab these guys um, when they were already, you know, labeled, rated highly. It was just, well, do you draft a guy from Russia? No, you got to send Keith Gave over there and sneak him back over. So <laughs> with all that wrapped together, I think I think that counts for a lot more than we give it credit for. And I, I think that comes into play. So at least Curtis, to the extent of at trying to continue the sell job here of Konstantinov, my man made a move that not many people had to make after, uh, but he was, he was forced into that decision. So I, I mean, forced into that... Uh, yeah, and, and not necessarily forced into that decision because he didn't have to come over, but he he was in a, in a place where it was it was harder to decide, and he chose to come over here. And uh, yeah, he changed he changed hockey forever. Him and Sergey, I, I would say, and I think that counts for a lot more. I think that's that might even be more reason for um, you know maybe even a higher honor than just getting your jersey retired. But it sounds like we're all on the same page with the next guy on this list, Mike uh, Sergey Fedorov. Um, a lot less of a sell job I think we need to do here. Um, let me pull this up so I can actually see it on my screen a little bit bigger. You've already got, you know, Hall of Famers. Uh, Sean McIndoe pointed out, seems to be a requirement for the Wingdings. Three-time cup winner, uh, all-rookie team, uh, two-time Selkie winner, uh, your 93-94 Hart, and uh, 93-94 Lester B. Pearson. Um, I... What you know? What else do you need to say, right? Uh, total for Detroit: nine hundred and fifty-four points in nine hundred games, 
400 goals for the wing dings. And of course I'm not, if you guys are looking at his career numbers, of course they, they go a little bit higher than that. Um, but I mean, it's just, it, it never stopped. He just kept getting <laughs> more points. He just kept getting more awards. And um, you know what, Mike? Good on him. He wanted to get paid for it. So, and part of the reason, uh, you know, it's not, it's not even about him, like, trying to get the most amount of money. It was him trying to get paid fairly where the Red Wings um, just weren't ready to do that. And uh, I, I would say this decision to, like, politicize it if i may for lack of a better word into making it his fault just kind of comes back into you know so many different things we learn more about every situation as we get older and we're, we're not children anymore and we, we kind of go like oh the lady that burned herself with the mcdonald's coffee cup she wasn't an idiot that coffee used to be three times as hot as it was supposed to be but mcdonald's you know went ahead turned around and said nope she's a big idiot and then we all went haha what what an idiot for burning herself. I mean, this is kind of that same situation. It's it's the the older you get, the more you hear from Sergey's side, the less you hear the the propaganda of him being a mean old rat trying to just steal more money. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, he was one of the best hockey players in the world when he left, and yeah, right, you should get paid for it. Sorry, I thought uh, there's a ghost. My, no, my siding's almost done, so one guy's probably gonna knock and make me look at all the garbage work they did but i don't think they're quite no. like um but it. we're red wings ran if you know um what i was gonna say is like with these guys who aren't in there um it's it sucks that it feels like most of the reason that they're not in is the political side or that it is management kind of felt um you know that they they got uh you know uh, gypped on something like Datsuk should be a no-brainer. That guy electrified the fans. Uh, everybody, I mean, he was just universally beloved. Um, and he was excellent at his job. And he was creative at it. So, I mean, he, you know, like, inspired so many... Like, we talked about Zegris, not a Red Wing, of course. But, um, like, that kind of, like, the Datsuki and Deke. I mean, that that's, that's like in the lexicon of, you know, like, like um, of hockey. A, and a four-time Lady Bing winner. I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it, for me, I would not be surprised if he never had his number up in the rafters uh, because he dared to go back home. Um, I mean, he gave this team everything. 14 uh, he, years. <laughs> he gave this team everything uh, that he had. And, uh, you know, much like Fedorov, they probably don't like that he dared to ask for more money. So they're just never going to do it for, for either of those guys. So it's. Yeah. And this, this takes me out of order a little bit. Cause uh, Datsuk wasn't next on my list. I, you got to figure there's, there's some other issues that are popping up, you know, that uh, are more recent. So some of us are, we don't, we don't, some of us aren't even aware. I see some people that tweet out about retire 91 and uh, they aren't even aware of like how, I was told to be hurt. And so they don't understand why some people will never forgive Fedorov for that. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, some of those people we know, Mike, and we, we just need to like, Mike, we need to educate sometimes so that everybody can understand. But uh, this is another one that, that probably hurts some folks that he left and they don't understand why, but I just think he's too good. Uh, Mike, I, I have, besides this Lucas, Lucas Raymond jersey I'm wearing, I have two other Red Wings jerseys, and they are both Pavel Datsuk. 
I had my Pavel Datsuk shrine for years until I moved to this house and it was destroyed in the move. That's not me. That was me crying. Yeah, I, I was choking a little bit, but it's probably because I had to think about my shrine being destroyed. Uh, bobblehead, multiple signatures, a poster, all gone. Uh, and I'm I'm heartbroken. But yeah, I mean, Pavel's. I mean, my he, yeah, he, che he checks. He checks all the boxes. Um, uh, Curtis's 900 points. Uh, he, uh, you know, he had postseason uh, success. Um, he had championships. He had longevity at the at the same team. Um, I think those are basically the things you're looking for. Um, I, I think that there's also an element of your character being involved. Um, and I don't know you jokingly, you know, brought up the Lady Bings, but you know he was always known as a gentleman. You know, really nice interview. Um, a guy with kind of a, a, a droll sense of humor uh, when you would interview him uh, because his his English was not, you know, uh, you know, it's his what second or third language. Um, mm. But he still, you know, was a, a, a great person to talk to. Um, but, you know, although I think all those factors, does it mean that he's just like a, a great Red Wing and Red Wing history? Or is it a guy that, you know, he should have his, his number um, up in the rafters? And I, I think if you... <laughs> You hit all those boxes, and my God, I think you kind of you know change the way um, you know young players want to design their own games. Um, I, it's he has such a, like a cultural impact. I feel like he he deserves that kind of recognition when you look up and you you have all those fond memories of that guy. Um, and luckily, his his career you know overlaps with YouTube, so you can still go out and watch all the you know. Datsuki and Deeks, uh, get your much like you know the Barry Sanders runs. Um, mm -hmm. You can get your you know heart's desire of all those amazing plays. So, speaking of hearts, can't forget six seasons, Mike. He got heart trophy votes. Those just don't happen by accident. Um, alongside all the Selkies and the Bangs and the All Star games. Um, yeah, I don't know. That made him sound like a like a Vegas lounge singer. Hey, I got a couple of bottle Bangs. What are you doing? You know. <laughs> Let's let's run through a couple more of these guys before we make them more interesting. Mike, when it comes to the fans picking, first comment we got for the show was Reed Larson. Mike, I wow. can't comment on this at all. I don't feel equipped, but I will give it to I forgot who mentioned Reed at the start of the show. Uh maybe it was performance art. Um Ah, you guys keep commenting and it keeps refreshing. Who did it? Ah, Antonio <laughs> uh threw out Reed Larson. Um I'll just give it to you. I, I, I can't comment on this. I don't know enough about Reed. It would just be me spouting off stats. I have no feelings on Reed. He brought nothing to me. Um, so uh, we'll leave that there. So I, that one's out of the way. Another easy one, Mike. Hank, definitely. Captain, a couple of, or I should say one cup. And then we have a couple of uh, other awards to throw in there. We've got a Clancy Smythe. And I can't read it because I don't have his profile pulled up. So I can only see the tiny little screen that we're talking on. Let me keep, maybe you can throw it out there. Uh, oh, the all-rookie team. All right. Yeah, there you go. And, of course, like coming back to that conversation about getting uh, heart votes, we've got one, two, three, four, five seasons uh, got heart trophy votes. And, of course, that's recognition for two-way game and a strong offensive game to boot. Oh, we can uh, – sorry about that, Antonio. Boop, there goes your comment. Uh, we did get some comments. Chewy's here. Chewy, what is up, my man? He threw it in. His his call, his vote, 91 nope. and 30. Um, Derek wants to know when uh, 53 I got and 23 – One second. Yeah. Keep going, yeah. man. 
Derek wants to know when 53 and 23 are going up. Uh, so I do like Chewy's answer there. 25 to 30 years, definitely. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, what do we have? We have a half a season. Um, you know, if I had to say, if we change this conversation to being who's more likely to go up there, can we all agree it's probably going to be 53, right? Doesn't that, I mean, you, you hear Cider talking, doesn't he? He already sounds like a leader. Like there's going to be a letter on his chest someday. And he already looks like, you know, he, he's done everything he can do to tell us that he's a pro uh, hockey player. He's not going anywhere. Um, and he's going to be involved in all-star games moving forward. Uh, he's going to be in conversations with the elite. Um, so, yeah, if I if I switched it to that conversation uh, while Mike's gone, who would you guys guess out of those two who's going to be in the rafters? Um, that's That's my guess. Uh, but I do like Chewy's answer that it's going to be in 25 to 30 years. <laughs> uh, Derek thrown out there, miss watching Pav so much. Um, Chewy does agree. 13 and 40 should go up at some point. Um, and uh, Derek Z played the best of defensive shirt in hockey history. Uh, Derek. Shift, there it is. There's your update. He had the, oh, that's right. Yeah, we're talking about uh, the five on three for us to uh, beat uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, that that should be enough. Like those kind of things. That's where you go down in history. Uh, you're a legend uh, for your franchise. Um, Jared coming in hot. Cider gets an A within two seasons. Boom. And you got to remember too, Dylan Larkin's contract's up, so when he leaves us uh, to go play for the Anaheim Ducks uh, and get paid, uh, that's when Cider can take over and take the C. What do you guys think? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Derek thrown in there. Yeah, 53 for sure, assuming he doesn't uh, ask for, uh, uh, I'm going to say, an unfair contract there. Uh, I, you know, honestly, like you look at something like Dom uh, Lushizen is put together in regards to those new player cards on the athletic, which I, I are amazing to look at. You see the values of like Tyler Bertuzzi's at like 10 million. Cider's getting up there too. Um, you know, and where, where do we're, we're having the conversation right now about losing Sergey Fedorov because he was Mike, underpaid. Hey, Mike. Speaking of losing Sergey Fedorov, you got to lose me. Because I got to go do a walk around on the siding on my house. You son of a! All right. I know. I got to go outside. I'm sorry. <sighs> you guys heard my thoughts. Retire Fedorov. Get that suit up there. And I'm sorry, McCarty's going up too. I'm sorry. I said it. There. <laughs> All right, guys. We uh, touched our heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, we got. We'll we'll say we'll do this. You guys come back for the next episode. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, midweek. Mike, you can head out of here. And uh, right. we will reveal the more tough conversations, which uh, I'm not even going to tease. We uh, we have a couple of guys that uh, you guys have mentioned in the chat. Maybe one of them is going to be up there. I have one that I think is going to make some of you angry. Uh, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he's done a lot for the franchise. Uh, so, yeah, you guys want to come back on Wednesday for that conversation. Um Chewy, I'll let Mike know. He's saying uh, bundle up, buttercup. I hope he stays warm out there, too. Uh, and Jared thrown out there. He's healthy. Oh, Jared, you beautiful angel, you. Um, Derek, is this a is this a guess? Number 14? Um, 
I gotta say, I, I hate that Nyquist is the only number 14 I can think of right now, but I will tell you it's definitely not Nyquist. Um, <laughs> what if I told you one of those numbers is correct? And I'll leave you guys uh, at that. Um, oh, no, Derek, you think I mean Nyquist? No way! Um, oh, I gotcha. A Chewy's thrown out there. Uh, this is actually a pretty good guess uh, for Shanny. I tell you what, guys, I will wrap Shani into the next episode and we'll we'll talk longer about it. Um, There we go. Jared's got it. Jakob Kindle. That's who I want to bring up next on Wednesday. (laughs) This is probably my favorite part of this episode is you guys throwing out the guesses. Uh, But you guys have inspired me. Derek, Chewy, we're going to be talking about Shani. We'll we'll throw that in there. That wasn't who I was thinking. So uh, we will start chatting. who I who I am also thinking we have a couple of guys who've already mentioned in this episode that uh, we haven't talked about yet. Let me let me see how long this list is. Uh, one two. Okay, so yeah, we'll have three more guys we can chat about. Um, so podcast listeners, tune in for the next episode. Chewy, last guest is Fabry. Absolutely nailed it. Curtis, <laughs> laugh emoji. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, sorry we had to cut this short, but hey, now you have a reason to watch the next episode. Uh, of course, is going to be tied in. Since we're playing Philly, we're going to have to do another hybrid episode of a uh, live watch along plus recording of an episode. So that'll be our topic while we watch along. And uh, like we said earlier, feels like we can get a win against uh, those shit bags, the Flyers. So, all right. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Sorry we're cutting this short. Well, uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend there. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.